0: Standing and turning your Bibles, please, to the book of Luke. Matthew, Mark, Luke, New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke in the New Testament. If you will check to see if your phones are turned off, I would appreciate that. Um, I know you forget about it because it's with you all the time. It's like a watch. Sometimes it's your watch. And so please, if you'll check that for me, I would appreciate it a lot. Luke chapter 23. And once you've located that, then in that chapter, locate. Verse number 32, verse number 32. Luke chapter 23, and we'll start at verse number 32, 32. Luke chapter 23, verse number 32. And there were also two other male factors led with him to be put to death. Verse 33, and when they were come to the place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, and they parted his raiment and cast lots. And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them derided him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself if he be Christ, the chosen of God. And the soldiers, so you had the people, you had the rulers, and the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him, offering him vinegar and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him saying, If thou be Christ, save thyself and us. Father, thank you for the Bible. May we understand the Bible is not a debatable book. The Bible is an absolute book. The Bible was never meant to be torn apart, questioned, and brought down to our level of reasoning philosophy and understanding it makes perfect sense the way it is once we realize especially who wrote the book who had it written who's the author of the book who's the power behind the book and that's God almighty so help us please to give into that and help me this morning to help your people lord we could go on forever about last week and i think a lot of that needs to be added to our lives but now that is a part of our past learning that we can grow by. But now it's time to go on. So I ask you, dear Lord, please to bless the people. Watch over those on vacation should they be watching. Those who are at home and cannot seem to get out of the home for one reason or another. And they also are watching. And then come to find out there are people in other states and other nations even watching our live stream. God, I wish all of them were here. really do. But if this is the best that they can do at any given time, I guess we'll have to settle for that for now. So please bless them and help us here in this church service this morning. I do not know the needs of the people. I do not know who's lost. I don't know who's saved. don't know who's about ready to quit or who's about ready to get in this thing. But I pray, dear Lord, that whatever it is, Holy Ghost of God, with the truth of God, the Word of God, that you know what to do with the Word of God. Please help me to preach present you, and that people will react the way that they should. Thank you for all you've done. Please help us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated.
1: Sometimes it's easy to ask yourself why the hurting you feel cuts so deep inside, and it seems like you've lost your reason for life. Hear what I say, take my advice, don't give up. You're not walking alone. God stands right there beside you. He's been there all along. And he knows every tear that you've cried. And he knows the answers to why. And just when your world is falling apart, you find he's holding the world in your hands. Why must the sparrow fall to the ground? beyond. say goodbye to his baby boy? I don't know. I only know that it's so. And I don't mean to question God of things that I'm not meant to know, but my trust is still in just when you think your world is falling apart you find he's holding your world in his hand good. Evening.
0: number 23, thank you, Luke chapter number 23, thank you, I appreciate that very much, Luke chapter 23, why don't you look at verse number 39, would you please, well let's just start back up where we started, verse 32, I'll point out a couple of things to you and then we're going to get into this sermon this morning, Luke chapter number 23, Luke chapter number 23. Luke chapter number 23, I want you to go down, of course, where Jesus is being crucified here and uh, there were two people on either side of him. It amazes me how many people think that Jesus was the only person ever crucified other than these two guys here. There were thousands of people crucified back in those days. Uh, The Roman government was very strict and that was their capital punishment. And this is what they did. So they somehow conjured up and lied and made it appear as though Jesus was guilty of capital punishment. And uh, so they crucified him along with two thieves, which goes to show you, in those days, thieves, it was considered capital punishment. Right. And they killed them. And right. so you have these two men, one on the right, one on the left. You know the story. You've seen the pictures. Got them in your house. And uh, you see Jesus in the middle, and they're all being crucified. Now, what I want you to pay attention to is this. Go down to verse number 35. Verse 35. And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them derided him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself. Look at the verse 36. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him offering vinegar and saying, if thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. We come to find out in verse number 39, and one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him saying, if thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. I want you to understand what's going on here. Jesus is being crucified. We know the story and what this means to all of mankind, if you believe in Christ at all we come to find out here that now there's a question being asked. It's being asked by the people. It's being asked by the government. It's being asked by the soldiers. And it's being asked by one of these two thieves. And the question was this. They stated, if you be Jesus, save yourself. Get yourself down off the cross and save yourself. I want to ask you something. Is this possible? Would it be possible for Jesus to get himself off the cross? Now, we say yes and no. What's your Bible? You have to understand, to make statements, you've got to have backup. You have to have Bible for that. Could Jesus have delivered himself off that cross? Could he have done that? When the Roman soldiers came to the garden, you remember what happened that night. Jesus was there praying, and while he was there, of course, Judas led him up to there. While he was praying, the soldiers came up on there, and then one of his own... Uh, stood and was trying to deliver Jesus from the Roman soldiers because they were going to take him away and crucify him. And uh, they tried to defend him. Do you remember what Jesus said that night when this disciple tried to defend him? One man with a sword who was a fisherman with a sword was going to take on some Roman soldiers. Not going to work to begin with, but he tried. But Matthew chapter 26 and verse 53 Jesus responds by saying this, Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels. Now a legion, it's all according to who you read after, is anywhere from two to six thousand in a legion. Jesus said twelve legions of angels, not men, Angels. So now we're talking 36 to 72,000 angels. Young lady, put that away and listen to me. Listen to me, please. Thank you. So now we find out here that Jesus is simply saying, Look, I appreciate what you're doing. I could simply, if I wanted to, I could be delivered just like that. I could come down off this cross, and 36 to 72,000 angels would be here to defend me and take on the entire world just by me asking. So Jesus could have delivered himself. Jesus could have done this. Could Jesus have delivered himself from the death of the cross? Or did he have no choice? Did he have no choice? Go to John chapter number 10. You're in Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John chapter number 10. In John chapter number 10, a couple of verses here. Again, I don't want to just make statements and you go, okay, well, that, that makes sense. I want you to see your Bible. I want you to understand, and then we're going to go back to these original statements that were made by the soldiers, by the people, by the government, and by these by these two thieves, if you would. In John chapter 10, verse 17 and 18, the Bible says in those verses, Therefore doth my Father love me because, watch, I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man taketh it from me. Nobody forced this on him. This was Jesus' decision, his and his father's decision. He, in another place, go to John chapter number 10, look at verse number 11. He said, here, that I, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life to the sheep. This was not a forced thing. Jesus did that. He was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He did this voluntarily. I'll tell you why in a little bit. In John 3, 16, we know that verse, for God so loved the world that he, what, gave his only begotten son, right? Nobody took it. Nobody forced it. This wasn't a I had to. I'm giving my life. I, 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 there's no other choice, I have to do this, I want to do this. Only Jesus, he's the only begotten of the Father. So our text then said, if thou be Christ, save thyself. Is this possible? Is it possible for Jesus? to So, so here's the message. The right answer to the impossible question. The right answer to the impossible question. Understand here, it is possible for Jesus to save himself. And an a, 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 a unanswerable question, no. Jesus could have saved himself. Understand when they said, save thyself, he could have done that. He could have come down off the cross. He could have called 36 to 72,000, please understand, angels. Angels. Just by asking, he could have had him. So could Jesus, one of the statements that was made, save thyself? Could he have done this? Absolutely he could have done this. Jesus could have saved himself. Right. So was the second part of the question the impossible? Is that what it was? The second part, he said, if thou be Christ, save thyself and us. Could Jesus save us? Is it possible that he died to save us? Yes, yes. Did he have the power to save lost humanity and everybody on this planet? No, Jesus' sacrifice of himself was more than sufficient to save everybody, everywhere, for all time, starting from Adam to the last man that will ever live. His blood doesn't eventually run out or evaporate. It goes on forever. Turn to John chapter 3.16, and then we're going to go to Hebrews. John 3.16, for God so loved what? The The world. Not just you, not just me, not just that person or that person, but the whole world. For God so loved the world that he gave his, very important, if your Bible says anything less than this, his only begotten son, you have a fake Bible. And begotten should be bolded, by the way, should be capitalized. And so watch what it says. For God so loved the world, how much? The world. That he gave his only begotten son that, how many? How many? Whosoever whosoever, so he didn't put limits, he's saying, I died for the whole world, and anybody, whosoever, can be saved, so is it possible, we we already know very quickly, that Jesus could have saved himself, then he said, and us, is it possible for Jesus to save us? Is that what the Bible teaches? I know we're glad about that, but again, what is truth? Thy word is truth. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall never pass away. So what you base your belief on, everything, should be in this book somewhere. That's what I'm trying to get across to us. So we find out here, whosoever believes in them should not perish, but have everlasting life. Go to Hebrews chapter number 9. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, and on up there is Hebrews. Way up by Revelation. Way, way up there. Okay. Hebrews chapter number 9. Hebrews 9 is a very, very important book uh, for a lot of different reasons because Jesus has become our high priest in heaven. And we come to find out the type and shadow of those in the Old Testament, what they did so that sins could be uh, put on hold, if you would, or covered until Jesus came is now what Jesus did for us in heaven by the sacrifice of himself, which means our lamb in the Old Testament, they had to every year give a lamb, a sacrifice, to be to 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 continue on without being destroyed. Us, once and for all, at the end of time, Jesus was crucified for us, never has to be done again. Right. See, they were waiting, bulls and 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 bullocks and, and sheep and goats and that, that could not take away sin. Right. But Jesus, by the sacrifice of himself. Once and for all. Look, if you would please, in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 28. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of how many? Many. Many. Many here, meaning everybody. Go to Romans chapter, now we'll come back to Hebrews here in a second. Romans chapter 5, verse number 15. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 15. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans chapter 5 and verse number 15. In there it says this, For if through the offense of one many died, or be dead, that would be Adam. That's how sin entered into the world. That's how death entered into the world, because of Adam. Adam absolutely sinned against what God said to do. And because of that, you want to know why man has to die? And no matter what doctors or any scientists do, we will continue to die. Watch what it says here. For if, for if through the offense of one, many d- uh, be dead, I talk about Adam, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded to many. So this one man passed on sin to everybody. And then the second Adam, which is what Jesus is referred to, now gives life to everybody. Now just because he died doesn't make you saved. Because he died gives you the uh, ability to be saved because of him. One man said one time, if he died for the whole world, then the whole world's already saved. That's not true. The whole world can be saved because one man died. Okay. Now because Adam sinned, we also we inherited. I told a fellow yesterday I was witnessing to a guy, and I said, uh, look, I have brown eyes. I'd rather have green or blue. I didn't get a vote. You didn't either. What happened was that's what my parents had. They had beautiful brown eyes. And I just happened to inherit beautiful brown eyes. And all the brown-eyed people said, hey, see there? But I wanted blue or green. But see, you don't get a vote. When Adam and Eve sinned, you say, I didn't do what they did. No, but you inherited their nature just like you did. You're the color you are. Some of you are bald. has nothing to do with you using hairspray or not using hairspray or combing your hair wrong or rubbing your head or wearing hats. hasn't got a thing to do with it. Most we're finding out because of the sin that's in the world and the inheritance of your parents' nature. That's why we are the way we are. Some of you are short. There's not a thing you're going to do about it. You can hate it all you want to. you know why you're short? Because your parents are short. Sorry, Sam. That's the way he goes. Sam's looking at me and going, It's not right, though. Uh, And some of you that are tall, you walk around like you had something to do with that. Yeah, yeah, look how tall. Like you had something to do with it. You had nothing to do with it. And so this is what happens many times. So in Romans 5.15, for through the offense of one man, many be dead. The Bible said, wherefore, one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. Therefore, death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Now we go back to Hebrews chapter number 12. Go back there. I'm still there. I didn't turn. Hebrews chapter number twelve, uh, number 9, verse number 12. Now, for all of you that are memorizing all this, that's wonderful. God bless your heart. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 12. But by his own blood, he entered in, how many times? Once into the holy place. Talking about heaven. This is talking about Jesus. Talking about heaven. He entered in once. Watch what he says. Having obtained eternal redemption for, guess who? What's it say? Don't, don't guess. What's it say? Us. Us. Us that are saved. Okay, there was one time you were lost, but now you're saved. So I'm going to heaven because of him. You understand? Anybody can go, but you have to go through him. He's the door. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by him. So if you are not saved, that's the only way to get there. You know that whole thing about uh, narrow is the road and straight is the the gate. Straight is the... Yeah. And then white is the road that leads to destruction. Yeah, see, uh, it's too narrow. It's only—it's so confused. No, narrow means, look, don't get confused. There's one road, one gate. That's it. Right. Yeah. So we're all running around beating our head against the wall, looking all these different directions, going, what about that one? What about that What about that one? That's the road of destruction. Right. Many be thereon that go in there at. But the way to Christ, one straight road one gate, one door, one way. That's yeah. it. That can't be that confusing. Right. So what's it say here in Hebrews 9, 12? But by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, Talk about heaven, to obtain eternal redemption for, you won't believe this, guess who? Us. Right. For us. What, it, what was the question? What was the challenge? What did our text say? It said, if thou be Christ, save thyself and who? Us. So we found out that Jesus could have saved himself when they said, Get down off the cross. He could have done that. He could have called heaven's legions of angels if he even had to do that. He was just trying to let them know, look, I'm up here because I choose to. And I'm not coming down because this is the reason I came here. But then we turn our attention to us. Could he say, that was the question. Save yourself and us. Could he save us? Yes, the Bible over and over again teaches that that is an absolute. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Listen to me. Way back in the garden, what was lost? Mankind. Man sinned, and because of his sin, he became, the Bible used the term, lost, blind, dead to the things of God. His spirit died, and there's no more communication. You know, the Bible says the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. You know what God does? God speaks spirit with spirit. If you're not saved, you can't make a good contact with God. Other than the salvation part, you don't know what that book says half the time. So the the spirit, so his spirit bears witness with my spirit. Okay, what happens if my spirit's dead? See, that's what happened to Adam and Eve. Man is a triper type, three-part being, body, soul, spirit, just like God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We're made in his image. We don't look like God. We have the same triper type and characteristics or should that God has. Okay, I, I, don't, I don't know what God looks like. You don't either. And so God is a spirit. Christ is the embodiment of Christ. And then we have the Holy Ghost of God or the character of God working in us. Right. Yeah. One, two, three. Us. Amen. One, two, three. Right? You understand? Amen. When Adam and Eve sinned, the Bible said the day you eat thereof you shall surely die. Physically they did not die right away. Ultimately, they did, but immediately their spirit died. That's why lost people you can't teach Bible to. They're never going to understand it. And that's also why carnal Christians cannot understand the Bible. When you're carnal-minded, you're thinking and referring and reasoning like lost people. You may not be lost, but you're thinking and reasoning like them. You'll never understand the Bible, never. Has nothing to do with just intelligence, not nothing like that at all. So what happened here is he said, "If thou be the Christ, save thyself and us." Is that the impossible question? Is that what's going on here? Is there anyone Christ did not die to save? Is there anyone? Oh, hold on, before you... Care. What about this person? "For God so loved the, say it, the world." I know you got your likes and dislikes, but maybe God's not like you. Maybe God said, "When I said I die for the whole world, I die for the whole world." Maybe when he said for all, he died for all, that meant, I hate to bring this up, maybe he meant all. Is there anyone Christ cannot or could not save? Okay, we found out Christ could save himself. He decided not to and chose not to. Okay, now we shift to us. Can Christ, is there anybody Christ cannot save? He died for the whole world, all right? Let whosoever will, anybody, doesn't make any difference, come to me. Can Christ dying save a thief though? Well, I can point out one in the Bible. Quit quit just saying yes and no. Well, there's one in the Bible. Died right next to him. And he said, This day thou shalt be with me in paradise. So Jesus was showing us, yes, I can save a I can save a thief. Can Jesus dying save an adulteress? You know what an adulteress is? That's a woman who is committing sin outside the bounds of marriage. It's an adulteress. Can he save someone like that? Well, in the Bible, quit guessing about, it. I know someone. No, let's just talk Bible. There was a woman in the Bible who had five husbands. Sounds like a lot of people today. And then while Jesus was talking to her and he said, and by the way, the one that you're sleeping with now is not your husband. Right. By the way, she got saved. Right. She got saved. And all that sinning stopped. Wow, that got quiet, didn't it? It's like. All that setting stuff. Can I ask you, can Jesus' dying save a crooked businessman? You know, we're more called crooked I don't know, I'm not an adulteress, I'm not a thief. Are you a crooked businessman? I can show you somebody in the Bible. How about Levi, the tax collector? All tax collectors were, were thieves in those days. Extortioners in that Kind of like tax collectors today. Anyway, so we find out here, by the way, Matthew was a tax collector. You know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, that one? Yeah, he was a tax collector. And then he met Jesus, he got saved, and all that stopped. And he paid back, he paid back. You know, restitution is something lacking in Christian, isn't it? We get saved, and we're, we're glad we're forgiven. Young lady, turn around and look at me. We're glad we're forgiven, but we don't go try to make things right. That's not going to make you more saved, but it's the right thing to do. Can I ask you, can Jesus dying save a wild, out-of-control, cut-myself tattoo? You can arrest me. You can can put me in prison. Uh, You can do what you want to, but I'm going to break free and do what I want to because I'm rebellious and demon-possessed. Can Jesus save someone like that? Before you say yes or no, there's a man in the Bible that absolutely that happened to, and we find out the Bible refers to him, or our Bible does, the man. Maniac of Gadara. Gadara was a place, and he was a maniac. And when he met Jesus, the Bible said he was saved, clothed, in his right mind setting at the feet of Jesus. By the way, I don't understand. I really don't understand people. Get, it's so good to see you this morning. I really don't understand people getting saved and deciding not to go to church. I got a maniac that's running through the tombs and caves, cutting himself, cursing. They tried to lock him up, broke free every time. And when he met Jesus, the next time the people saw him, he was sitting at his feet, learning, and in his right mind. By the way, he was clothed. You're going to find out people of the world get unclothed more and more all the time. By the way, it's coming around again. Remember back in the filthy 60s and 70s with the mini skirts? It's coming back. And preachers will have to fight that all over again. So, what about this? What about an old cussing businessman? That was Peter. Peter in the Bible, because even after he got saved and went, and you remember the night that uh, Jesus was uh, being judged, he cursed and he lied. And he was a disciple. I know we never did. I was talking to a fellow yesterday. He was trying his best to let me know. He's a nice kid. Nice kid. Nice kid. He's 20, some 30 years old. And he said, "Uh, Preacher, honestly, I am really trying to not do stuff like that anymore. I said, that's really good. I'm glad. But you don't clean up your life to get saved. I'm not living the way that I am so I can make sure I go to heaven. I'm going to heaven and I'm saved, and so I'm trying to live this way to be pleasing to the one who saved me. You understand? You understand? Okay, so what about this fellow right here? Peter was that way. Can Jesus' dying save people who are mixed up in witchcraft? Ooh, can he do that? In Ephesus, the Bible said when they heard uh, the Bible being preached, the Word of God preached, they brought forth their curious arts and their books, right. and they brought it to the middle of the city, which the whole city of Ephesus was given over to the goddess Diana. I mean, they were making, and everybody that was in that, I mean, they made a a whole city business out of this. And then the preacher came along, started preaching, and ruined everything. I mean, the guy just ruined everything. And all these people came forward and dumped their arts, set the whole thing on fire, took all their book, and we're talking tens of thousands of dollars worth of stuff if you do all the math and stuff. And they weren't ashamed of it. They brought it all for it. You know why? Because when they heard, like the Bible said, the truth shall make you free. Not make you free to do what you want. Make you free to do what you should. The reason so many of us cannot do what we're supposed to is because we don't either have a relationship with God, or we did and now we're not living close to Him. And so these people did. How about the super educated? Well, preacher, you know I've been to college and I, I this doesn't make sense to me. And I don't know how you could fall for something like that. Hmm. Hmm. I'm just stroking the air right now. You don't know talk about. Saul of Tarshish, who became the Apostle Paul? Super intelligent individual. Rub elbows with big people, political people, a lot of clout. Taught by the most educated person of their day. Was on the Sanhedrin court. I mean, this guy had a lot of clout. He got saved, and by by the way, by the way, I went to OSU. That's like saying I sent my cat to a dog pound. That's a filthy place down there. I graduated from that. We'll pray for you. He met Jesus, and all of that background, all that political clout, I mean, he could go in and get letters and say, I want to go kill Christians, and they said, here you go, here's a letter. Go go, go to the next city, go wherever you want to, and just take, bring them all in. If they want, we'll kill them, we'll, we'll divide the family, we'll do whatever we had to. Paul had that kind of power. He was a very educated person, and when he met Jesus, You know what he called all of that education, all that ability, all that elbow rubbing? Dung. For those of you in the inner city, that would be like fertilizer. If you don't know what that is, I can't go much farther than that right now. So we find out here, the super educated. What about the religious person? Oh, the churchgoer. Those who are trying to live a clean, pure life. Well, there's a person in the Bible the same way. His name was Nicodemus. Actually, you won't believe it. He went to church and taught other people how to serve God. That's pretty good. Trouble is, he met Jesus, and Jesus said, I don't believe this. How can you teach stuff like this and don't even know the true God? You're teaching other people about God, and you don't even know. I'm Jesus Christ. I am God in the flesh, and you don't even know that. You must be born again. Nicodemus said, now this is a teacher of the Bible. This is a teacher of the Bible said, how can a man, when he is old, enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? He was thinking naturally, carnally, fleshly. Right. Wait a minute. An old guy can't go back in his mother and be reborn? Jesus said, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Yeah, That's yeah. why it's called being born again. Yeah, I asked a guy at the door one time. I said, you ever heard the term born again? Yeah. I said, you know what that means? He goes, you know, I never have known what that means. People say that all the time, but I we, we as Christians take so much for granted. You need to be born again. They don't even know what that means. Born again? What in the world is born again? I was born once. How can I do that again? That's what Nicodemus said. But when he met Jesus, it all began to make sense. It all fell in line because the Bible is true and every man a liar. So the religious law, yes, yes, yes. Listen, you name the person. You name the problem. You name the sin. Jesus could have saved himself, but he didn't. Jesus can save everybody, but they won't. But it is possible for everybody to be saved. In Luke chapter 19, verse number 10, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus, if you're not saved, he'd been looking for you. He's been looking for you. I just don't understand this and why is like that? Jesus has been looking for you. I'll bet you've even bumped into it from time to time. Like being in church on a Sunday morning and you heard the gospel and you decided not to do it. Jesus went by you that morning. How about that person that handed you a trap over here the other day looking at cars and I said, here, let me give you a track. He said, preacher, I already got one of those. I gave him one earlier. I went into the finance guy and he started asking me Bible questions and I said, well, here, you need to come to church. He said, I got one of those already and that's what you need to do. Didn't you listen to the preaching last week? Everywhere you go, get yourself a pot full of tracks and everybody you talk to, just say, here, let me give this to you. If it genders, talk, talk to them. It's amazing how many people wish they knew what you already know. But they don't. The same thing going on here in Romans chapter 5, verse number 8. But God commendeth. Yes. That means God demonstrated or showed his love toward us. Right. Not after we cleaned up, but while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He came to seek and to save sinners. Right. And then he demonstrated his love for those sinners yes. on the cross. Is this. I don't mean to make you shout or even act like you don't want to, but this this is pretty good. In 1 Timothy one fifteen, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. Everybody should accept it. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save... What's the next word? Sinners. Sinners. Not good people. Not church people. Not so bad people. Not people that are really trying. Sinners. If you are not a sinner... Jesus died for the whole world, but what you're saying is he didn't die for me. I don't need that. That's very dangerous. Jesus saving you is not the impossible question. I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you're living. I don't care what you're going through right now. I didn't say it was okay. When it comes to salvation, there are no limits to salvation. None whatsoever. So watch what happens here. Can Jesus, will Jesus save you? And he will if you'll let him. Hey, divorce one, that's not that's not the uh, the uh, uh, unpardonable sin. Yeah, right. I was, uh, neither is suicide. Yes. One of the saddest things I ever ran into going out soul winning, there's a lot of them. I walked up, it was a, it was a Saturday morning, it was nice weather, and I walked up and there was this chubby boy sitting there with just a pair of shorts on. I mean, flab was hanging everywhere. Nice kid. And he he's just sitting there, tears coming down his face. I started to go by, and I just kept looking. He never even turned to look at me. And I said, "Uh, you okay? Yeah. I said, what's going on? Can I ask you, are you a preacher? I said, yeah, as a matter of fact, I am. He said, can I ask you a question, preacher? He said, my dad just died. He hung himself. little kid, maybe eight years old. Everybody tells me he went to hell because he committed suicide. Can you imagine an eight-year-old boy? Now, if that was the truth, I'd have to say, "Yes, sir, son, that's true." But instead of us making stuff up, right. no place. Look at me very carefully. No place in the Bible right. is suicide in part of If you are unsaved to commit suicide, you're going to hell where you hit the floor. Yeah, right. You understand that? Right. Judas was never saved. Right. 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 The Bible said he was a devil from the beginning. He died and never accepted. The fact of the matter is he went right up and kissed the door of heaven and turned away like some of you may do this morning. You're that close to the Lord that you can actually reach out and accept him. There is the door. I am the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father. Judas actually went right into the garden and kissed the door of heaven and turned and walked away. And though he repented, he repented that he betrayed the innocent blood. He never received Christ. As sa- what a shame. Three, three and a half years of watching this man heal people and pray and feed people and teach and, and do all these wonderful things. You're with him. Three, and then you actually kissed him on the cheek and turned and went away. Jesus could have saved him. It's not that Jesus can't save you. People won't let him save them. You want to come on your own. T- it doesn't work that way. You come because Jesus died for you, and you are a rotten sinner, and yes. he's the magnificent Savior, or you can't be saved. Yes. So, what happens here? The rebellious teenager, God can save you. Well, I grew up in a tough city. Who didn't anymore? I'm a drug addict. Who didn't anymore? Pills are illegal. I mean, who didn't anymore? Seriously. And our government goes, hey, everybody needs to smoke dope and pop pills. That's great. When did that happen? We are just going absolutely crazy anymore. Caught in the vice of pornography. That is becoming, that is and has for a long time. By the way, it's not the first time this happened. A long time ago, you read Ezekiel, and you'll find out even those in the church had stuff drawn and written on the walls, the chambers of the temple and in their own homes that were absolutely filthy. There's nothing new. I can forgive you that drunkard you mean they they have a disease they don't have a disease they're a drunkard that is a sin it is a chosen behavior like homosexuality like lesbianism and being a sodomite those are not you were not born that way don't even pull that stuff with me there is no science for that there's talk from science like that but there's no science for that just like transgendering I agree if somebody hadn't told a kid you know maybe you're a boy he would never thought about that I, I like what they said the other day. when How many of you, when you were little, one day, sitting around the sandbox, playing with dinosaurs or trucks or doll babies or whatever you were playing with, went like this? You know, maybe I'm a guy. You never did that. till some teacher in a public school. Somebody got on the news media and said, and some liberal mom from... Kind of like a mom and dad were a hippie or something a long time ago. Started believing this kind of stuff. Yeah, and on, what kid stands in front of the news media and says, "Why won't people let me be a girl?" Yeah. And you mean to tell me nobody's mom got involved in that? Yeah. Nobody's dad or teacher wasn't feeding this kid those kinds of thoughts. Yeah. Bible said, "Everything after its own kind." Yeah. God made a man and a woman, not an, yeah. not an it. You were not born a lesbian. You were not born a sodomite. You were not born a, I'm not sure. Our society has confused people, not the word of God. This is where the problem's coming from. So we're talking, can Jesus save those kind of people? Yes, he can. You who have taken the life of an innocent child unborn, it's called murder. It's not choice, it's murder. Jesus can forgive you. Yes. I've had ladies in here, after they got saved, would look at me and go "Preacher, just tears. Preacher, what does that mean? I said, well, you can't take back that life. And that baby's in heaven with the Lord. But the conscience, the soul of the mom, and maybe the dad, will just eat away at you until you finally receive God's forgiveness and understand that. Amen. You have to understand, God can forgive that. God will forgive that. But all those people were telling that little boy, your dad's in hell. I told him, I said, that's not true. I told him. He said, shouldn't he ask the parents? I don't care. In Luke 23, verse 39, if thou be the Christ, save thyself and us. Well, then what is the impossible question? What's the answer to this impossible If Jesus could deliver himself, no, we already figured that out. He could have. If Jesus could save and deliver us, no, nope, we already figured that out. Then what is the impossible question? That's the title right here, the answer to the impossible question. It is what the thief asked there in, in our verse, save thyself and us. Are you listening to me? If Jesus had come down off that cross to save himself, now we found out he could have then we would die and go to hell. There'd be no hope for us. There would be no hope for us whatsoever. So the question posed to him, if thou be the Christ, save thyself and us, that's impossible. He could not do both. That's what's impossible about that question. If he saved himself, we couldn't be saved. And he can't save us until he died and gave his life for us. So the impossible question they posed to him was simply, save thyself and us. He couldn't. He could save himself, And he could save us, but he couldn't do both. Are are you following me? Does that make sense to you? So we find out here that was the question. Jesus answered it the only way that he could. He must die so that we could live. It has to be both of those. He had to die so that we could have life. He became sin for us so that our sins could be forgiven. Our sins can't be forgiven without him giving his life. So if he saved himself, we're still in our sins. So we come to find out he became cursed of God so we could be forgiven of God. Ladies and gentlemen, everything wrong and bad and and sinful in us was laid upon Christ on the cross and he took it all. Do you know why? Not to show that he could, though that did, but was to save you and I from our sin, separation from God and eternity in hell because it's the only hope we've got. He became cursed of God so we could become justified. He became guilty so we could be made innocent. Understand that. Here's somebody, we're we're on death row. And after that, we're not just going to die, we're going to go to hell. Jesus stepped in and said, I'll go to death row for him. Amen. Well, the law says, I'll pay for it. Well, it has to be this way. All right. There you are just racking up your credit card in life, doing whatever you want, thinking whatever you want, ignoring God whenever you want. And God looked down and said, they've got to be punished. If you would, Jesus said, Father, I'll pay it for them. If you'll accept that, I'll pay it for them. And God said, okay. But he said, I want you to understand. My son is the only way to heaven. If a man enter in any, in any other way, he is a thief and a robber. To so all those people saying, "Well, I don't believe Jesus is the only way. You're a thief. You're a robber. You are stealing and robbing the the praise and the honor that only goes to Jesus Christ." And saying, "Look what I found. Look what I'm doing." Never going to happen. Now you may feel real good about yourself, but that's not what the, that, we're talking. Bible. That's not what the Bible teaches here. He paid sin's penalty so that we could be debt free. By the way, Biden is not Christ. He cannot forgive your debt, not even in the law. He's not allowed to do that, but he doesn't know that because he keeps forgetting stuff. He shed his blood to cover our lives. The Bible said without the shedding of blood there's no remission. It means there's no forgiveness. Animals cannot forgive sin. So in the Old Testament, bullocks, sheep, doves, that doesn't forgive sin. It simply said we're looking forward to the Lamb to come, Jesus Christ. So for right now, God said, okay, I'll accept that until. So in the Old Testament, all those people that were giving sacrifice, they didn't go to hell when they died, but they couldn't go to heaven when they died. Why? If Jesus hadn't died yet. There's no door into heaven. And because they gave blood and sacrifice, obeying God, that's they didn't get saved. But they didn't go to hell. It was what was one time called Sheol. One part of that was hell, and the other part was what they called the paradise side of hell. So when you read about the rich man Lazarus said, in paradise. And the thief on the cross, this day thou shalt be with me in paradise. So we come to find out until Jesus, the Bible said when he died, he went into the heart of the earth and led captivity captive. There were those that were captive between hell and heaven, probably where Catholics get purgatory, but that was all done away with when Jesus rose from the grave. There is no purgatory. There is no in-between. There is no reincarnation. You're not coming back. If you did, you'd probably show up as a hippo or something, but it's not going to happen. That'd be terrible, wouldn't it? There you were, just this innocent little kid, and he had to die and be reincarnated. He came back as a hippo. That'd be terrible, wouldn't it? You say, preacher, why did it have to be this way? I want you to go to Isaiah, okay? Old Testament, big book in in, in the Bible, Isaiah. I want you to go to Isaiah chapter number 53. Why, preacher, why did it have to be this way? I could just tell you, because that's the way God said it. But let me read to you what God had in mind when Jesus died on the cross. Let let me just let me just tell you what the Father was thinking of when his son was hanging. By the way, for you and for me. What was God thinking? Who in their right mind would allow their son to go through such hellish things uh, that God did? For, it, the, as the song said, there simply was no other way. Yeah, right. There was no other way. Right. Beautiful song, you ought to hear that. But watch what it says here in Isaiah chapter 53. Go down to verse number 10. Now this whole chapter is about Jesus Christ. But look at verse number 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise. Now this is Jehovah. It pleased Jehovah to prove him, Jesus Christ. He hath put him to grief. God did this. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. God did this. His Father did this. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Look at verse 11. He shall see that God in heaven shall see the travail of Jesus' soul. And shall be satisfied. What? You're satisfied that your son went through that? What in the world did you have on your mind? For the joy that was set before him. He despised the shame, endured the cross. But right. watch what it says here. Watch, watch. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant, that's Jesus Christ, justify many. For he shall bear their iniquities. Yes. Jesus said, that's the reason. I am pleased because yeah. of that. He didn't say, Oh, I love to see my son beat and spit on, and his beard pulled out and crucified. That's not, that was not the joy set before him. The joy set before him was you. Those of you that are saved, sons and daughters born into the kingdom of God, that's why he died. And when that happened, God said, I'm very pleased. I am very pleased. Do you understand what you mean to God? Do you understand that? You are not only lost, but while you are lost, God demonstrated his love towards you. He actually sent his son not to search for decent people, good people, or great people, but sinners, sinners. He come to search, seeking to save that which was, that's you, that's me, because of Adam. And Are you following? Does you, do you understand why you need to be saved? So all of this is going on here. Man could not die for man because all have sinned. A person who's in debt cannot pay off the credit card of another person who's been charging things up. A person that has no food cannot give food to another person. They don't have any. One drowning person cannot save another drowning person. We in our sins cannot help another person get to heaven. Right. Right. Jesus died for sinners. Right. By him, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. Right. You've got to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. One bankrupt person cannot pay the debt of another. Only Jesus Christ met all the demands of God. Yeah. God did not step aside and go, well, okay, I, I get that kind of makes sense. No, before the world ever began, God says, it's going to have to be this way. Right here. Angels didn't do that. We didn't do that. God sent his son Amen. for the whole world. Yes. Don't care what you believe. Don't care what your color is. Don't care what, what economic right. level you right. live on. Don't care how much you suffered or how much you've been blessed. Right. There's only one door into heaven, and the right. Bible said Jesus Amen. is that door. Amen. Acts chapter number four, he we said, well, what if in other countries? We always like to bring up, we sidestep us. I'm talking to you, and you start thinking about the pygmies in Africa. What about the pygmies in Africa who never heard? First of all, who said they never heard? Missionaries have been on this planet for a long, long time. But the Bible says this in Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other. And it tells us why. For there is none other name. So you call on anybody else's name even to be saved, you're still lost. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Yeah. There is none other name. There's not Buddha is a different name. That's not really Jesus in another language. Now if you go to the Spanish countries, Jesus is the same as Jesus. Buddha is not the same as Jesus. Ali is not the same as Jesus. I like saying that. Just see why I irritate. Do you understand? So yeah. it, it could be said in a different language, but it's the same name. Yeah. You follow me? Yeah. Right. For there is none other name given among, under heaven, under heaven. Any place yeah. you go on this planet, you're under heaven. Yeah. Right. In the Middle East, you're under heaven. Yeah. In Africa, you're under heaven. Yeah. In America, you're under heaven. Yeah. So he said there is none other name under heaven, right. given among men, whereby we must be saved. Yeah. Jesus Christ, there's none other what? Name. name. Not way. Well, I'm a Catholic. That's a Way. Catholic never saved anybody. Lutherans never saved anybody. Mormons never saved anybody. Muslims never saved anybody. You ready for this? Baptists never saved anybody. We can point people to the Savior. We can lead people to Christ. We can tell them of the Savior. George Bell has never saved anybody. I didn't die for you. I couldn't have. Even if I died and said I'm dying for you. I'm a sinful person. I couldn't, I couldn't get you to heaven. Jesus did that. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. What the crowd and the thieves asked and the Jews asked was an impossible question. Now, first they started off, if you be the Christ, save yourself. They said that two or three times. If you be the Christ, save yourself. But then the thief said, get yourself down off the cross, save yourself and us. That's impossible. Yes, Jesus could have saved himself, and yes, Jesus can save you, but he can't do them both. He has to do one or the other. I mean, he he has to do both. It can't be one or the other. There is and was and always will only be one possible answer to that question. Jesus must die. Jesus didn't come down here to show us how to live, though he did do that. The gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, not the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. There was a guy not long ago that wrote a book. I saw it in some magazine where religious bookstores or whatever. The silent years of Jesus' life. It must have been that thick. Man, where's this guy getting all this information? Because from the time he's 12 until he's 30, the Bible doesn't say anything about him. This guy's writing a book on what the Bible doesn't say. But that's not unusual. We as human beings always want to know why God didn't say something. That's what got even trouble. Amen. Devil came and said, God, right. "Did God really say that?" Yeah. So she starts making stuff up, right. right? When the children of Israel got to Jordan and wanted to cross over, they sent over spies. And when they came back, they said, "Yep, what God said was true." However, yeah. then they started talking about what God did not tell them, right. and it changed their direction forever. You got to be careful about not sticking with the Bible.
1: Yes.
0: So what the crowd? Jesus died had to suffer. He had to meet every scripture concerning him from his beard being pulled out to the exact day, the same place, everything about it had to be exact or he's not the Christ. Now people say, well, how do you know he's Jesus? You tell me anybody else in history that to every scripture... Hundreds of years earlier was absolutely fulfilled in that one man. From his name to his beard being pulled out, to his eyes being black, to the way he was crucified, to the spear in his side, to three days in the grave. Everything the Bible foretold or prophesied way out here hundreds of years. I want you to tell me just who else miraculously that has ever happened to. They say, well, the Bible was just writing about him. Yeah these guys hundreds and hundreds of years ago wrote about somebody they never met. Yeah, right. And here's what we say, that's just a book. Really? Show me another book where that happens. Right. Show me a book where oh. in detail to the nth degree, yeah. because if it's not true, then the whole thing's a lie. Everything has to be exact. Yeah. In the Old Testament, if anybody prophesied in the name of Jesus and it wasn't 100% right, he was killed. Yeah. Right. Well, That's kind of me. No, because if Jesus said it, it has to be right, he knows everything. So anything less than that is not of the Lord. Yep. So this is what we have to deal with here. So we find out here everything about him from the from, from, his, from his birth to his life, everything, everything, place he was born, the angels, come, everything had to be exactly right. Everything about us is true in the Bible. We were born in sin. You were born in sin. You say, my parents, you were born in sin. I didn't say your parents weren't nice people, but you don't go to heaven by being nice people. You go to heaven by being born again. You and I were born in sin. You said, that's not my fault. and Then you lived in sin. You said, I'm not that bad. You ever tell a lie? Do you know that's an abomination to the Lord? That's also a characteristic of the devil, lying. One of his names actually says he's the father of lies. So when you lie, you're identifying yourself with him. Christian, stop lying. Understand here, it takes blood to give life. Even the Red Cross knows that, right? Uh, In case something goes wrong, my wife has gone in for surgery, and many of you people too. Uh, First time she went is right when AIDS, they found AIDS. Uh, By the way, they don't advertise that a lot anymore, do they? But when AIDS was coming out, and they said, our blood bank has been tainted with sodomite So my wife goes in because she's dying, and I'm sitting in there, and they bring in this bag of blood and start to hook it up, and I said, excuse me, what are you doing? I mean, they told her on the news. The Red Cross came out and said, we need blood, and we can't take it from these people anymore. Those people, it's tainted our blood bank and so on and so forth. See, so you're not old enough, member all this stuff. And so she's lying there on this bed dying. The nurse comes in, hooks up a pint of, was a pint, a gallon, whatever, 20, 20, and they put it up there, and I said, what are you doing? She said, oh, you know how they try to play down and be real calm? Oh, well, she just needs a little blood. I said, ma'am, she needs blood. She can get it from me. And she looked at me. She said, we don't have that much time. But it was there. They knew when people are dying, listen to me carefully. When people are dying, they need blood applied. They need blood. Without the shedding of blood. There is no remission. You cannot have life. Life is in the blood. That's why you don't drink or eat things that are bloody. Because Jesus said, God said, life is in the blood. And that's why you don't murder people. There's a difference between killing and murder, so don't get on that case with me. But here's what he's simply saying. The blood that flows through your veins, that's what's keeping you alive. And the blood that flowed through his veins is what gives us eternal uh-huh, there you go, you're catching on so what happens here, go to Leviticus chapter number 17 we're almost done, we're in the corner right now Leviticus, Matthew, Mark, no I'm kidding you know what's that, Old Testament Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus chapter number 17 Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus if you're hitting Numbers, Deuteronomy, gone too far Leviticus chapter 17 verse number 11 So let me get this right. Me going to church and changing my life, there's no blood in that. Me trying to be a good guy and trying to do what's right, there's no blood in that. And the Bible said without shedding of blood there's no remission, there's no forgiveness. So I got to figure out what does this blood thing all about? Why did God make it that way? First of all, he's almighty God and that's what he said. Look in Leviticus chapter 17 verse number 11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood. It goes on and says, for it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. So life is what's keeping me alive, and the atonement for my life is in blood. This is the way God designed it. Look, folks, it makes sense. You say, oh, why does it have to be blood? Why do you need blood in your veins? Because that's what gives you life. You were created that way. That's the way life is. And without blood, you don't have life. And without Christ's blood, you don't have eternal life. It's impossible. Without the shedding of blood or the giving of blood, there is no forgiveness. This is why you must be born again, among many, many other things. Go back to Romans, New Testament, chapter number 5. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, chapter number 5. Romans, chapter number 5. Go down to verse number 9. Romans, chapter 5, verse number 9. Look at verse number eight. I've been using this over and over again this morning. Romans chapter five, verse number eight. But God commended, that means God exhibited, God demonstrated or showed his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. Judgment's coming upon this world and rightfully so. You want to be saved from that? You want to be justified from that? it's in the blood of Christ yeah. nothing else gonna do it almost, anyway uh, go, go to Ephesians go go forward okay you're in Romans Corinthians Galatians Ephesians you got it go forward four or five books you bump right into it go to Ephesians chapter number one look at verse number seven I'm trying to prove to you I'm not just making this up or there's one verse. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not sure how much proof you want that you're a sinner. First of all, if you stop and think about it, you're worthless and you know it. Oh, you may be better than that person or that person, but all have come short of the glory of God. If this is God's perfection, I don't care if you're here, you missed. Personally, I agree with God. I was here. I don't have a problem with that. I was a sinful wretch. I was a lot filthier and dirtier than you were which goes to show you how far God's grace will go all the way down to the bottom. Yeah. But for those of you that think you're right here and you just, if I could just stop one more thing or do one more thing, I'm a, God said we've all come short. Yeah. Okay, I'll watch what he says. Ephesians chapter number one, verse seven. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. I have forgiveness of sins through His blood and it's only by His grace. Grace is unmerited favor. You can't earn it. You can't pay for it. People get, oh, I've suffered so much in this life. Certainly God will take pity. God ain't thinking about you. Do you know why you get saved? Because of Jesus. God looked on His Son and said, that's the way to do it right there. I'm pleased with Him. And when I get in Christ, when I accept Him, God said, now I'm pleased with you. God's not pleased with George Bell. He's, pleased with George Belt because I'm in Christ yeah. I've accepted his son and that's what makes him pleased go to Colossians you're in Ephesians go forward about two books uh, actually I think yeah two books and you'll bump into Colossians Colossians chapter number one look go down drop down to verse number 12 Colossians chapter number one verse number 12 you know I don't want to get on that verse number 12 giving thanks unto the father capital F okay not Catholic father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his, his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Why is it when you talk to people that aren't saved or a lot of people who haven't been taught right and you ask them, are you saved? First thing you want, just like the two guys I was talking to yesterday, one of the first things they try to do is tell you how bad they're not and how good they're trying. Because they've been taught and it almost makes sense, right? If you're bad, God's mad at you. And if you're good, he's not. If you're good, good people go to heaven, bad people go to hell. That's not true. Saved people go to heaven, and unsaved people go to hell. Good and bad haven't got anything to do with it other than the results of what you're doing has its effect. God made it as simple as he could so even children could be saved. But watch what he says in Colossians here. He goes on, he said, In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Listen, you're looking at somebody who knew no Bible, so this thing about, why I need to study the Bible. I knew no Bible. Wasn't raised in a Christian home. None of that. Like most people today, Heathen people, we didn't pray over food, we prayed when we were in trouble, right? Most people do. Oh, God, please get me out of this problem. Oh, I'll never do it again. Liar, you did it again. You want a gene in a bottle. God, hurry, get me out by this weekend and and, and I'll do good. you would say one thing about him dying for you, about your sins, and so you didn't get saved. I was walking across a prayed field, everybody knows my stories. Some of you are going, yeah, uh, prayed, filled. And um, you know my stories. I would to go join another church. So I have a whole bunch of new stories to tell again. Uh, but I was, across, I was in the military, and uh, I did something very bad. I was getting ready to go to prison for about 15 to 25 years. And uh, don't tell me I wasn't sorrowful. I was 17 years old and looking at prison time, it's just still. scared to death. Two weeks before that, on a Friday night, MPs caught us, put us in what they used to call a bullpen. Some people call it the drunk tank, the weekend holding place. They have them here in Columbus too. Till we figure out when the judge comes in on Monday we don't know what to do with you. So they put you in one cell. Three of us, ranging from the age of probably seventeen to twenty one, ended up in that holding cell. When we went in, there were about eight people in there. I woke up the next morning. There were 35 men in that room. I had been in jail before, believe it or not. That was a little scary. And then the judge didn't buy our lies. God doesn't buy yours either. And he is called the judge. We got out on bail until the got our lie together. You know how you do it. Now look, if they call you up, make sure you say this. Do you understand that? Make sure you say, you know how kids do. Like when you say, did you take those cookies? First thing you do, you can see it on their face. I've got to come up with a story. I yeah. want you to say, yes, I did. Because they'll spank me. What do you think is going to happen when they find out you lied about it on top of everything you know? else? Yeah. Right. Kids can't figure that part out. So I'm walking across a parade field. I, I don't know what it is about us. When we get in trouble, we think, you know, maybe i ought to go to church. Maybe I ought to. this parade field and I see this little chapel up on top of this hill on the other side of the parade field I don't know why I thought I think I'll go in there I went in there back seat, wooden, wooden pews knelt down, folded my hands I said why? I saw Shirley Temple do that and I thought okay if she get her prayer through I get my prayer through so, seriously I folded. it's the only reference I had so I folded my hands I am broken, I am scared to death I looked up to God, and I promised him everything. I will never do this again. I will stop that. I won't go here. I'll never say this. Do you know during that whole time I never said one thing about him? What he did for me to please forgive me because of what he, not one time. What I had was what the Bible calls an earthly sorrow sorry I got caught, sorry I had to pay for it sorry that I'm scared to death sorry that I'm hurting, sorry, sorry I was sorry but not towards him I was sorry about me therefore, no salvation while I was praying I got this real weird feeling nobody was listening the only prayer of a lost person God is obligated to hear is the prayer asking for forgiveness. There is no Bible for God to hear the prayers of every human being. You're not his child. He don't need to listen to you. If he ever does, just somebody for some reason he chose to, but he doesn't have to. But he is listening for you to repent, to accept Christ as Savior. Every time, on time. So, What am I talking about? I just lost everybody. Look up here. So what am I talking about here? Thank God Jesus answered the impossible question the only right way. He did both. He didn't come down, and he saved us. That's the only way that could be answered. In Hebrews 9.22, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. It had to be that way. There simply was no other way. It is that simple. Think all you want to. There's no other way to meet everything that is right except that way. Christian, if you're saved, I know. Well, I've been saved forever, and you know, and I've heard this story. You're bored with heavenly life. Is that? Am I getting this right? Going to church and living for God has become a drudgery to us. Do you know why it's that way? Because we haven't been walking with our Lord. How can you look at somebody who did all of this for you and go, do we have to do this again? Do we have to go Eeyore? Yeah, I'm going to start calling you Eeyore, Eeyore Christians. You're Eeyore Christians. It's amazing. A lot of people know who Eeyore is. They don't know who Jesus is. see you going to be done? I've heard this before. I don't believe that way. Oh, the Lutherans are going to beat us to the steakhouse. saved. You yeah. say 51 years. Oh, no, 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 no. That's just getting started. I'm saved for how long? Forever. Yeah. Saved forever. When this life ends, I'm going to go right on out into eternity. Yeah. Yeah. Saved, yeah. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. saved forever. Saved oh, forever. See, you save. keep forgetting that. Right. You get right. so caught up in your troubles and what you have to face and what you're going through, you forgot the amazing thing. We call it amazing what? Great. Ah, yeah, you go. So amazing. Because we don't deserve it. You can't pay for it. Nothing you can do about it. And God said, Here, I want to do this for you. Amen. But you have to accept it. You have to want it. You have to confess your sin and receive Christ as Savior. I don't understand Christians not. Don't give me that. Well, I'm a businessman. Don't tell me I've watched these stupid charismatic shows all your professionals are sitting down front because they paid the big money. They're all sitting down front and they're sitting there with briefcase and they're sitting there with a stethoscope around their neck and all their professionalism showing up and they're down there talking in fake tongues, waiting for fake healing, yeah. listening right. to fake Bible, right. listening to fake preachers right. and shouting their brains out. Right. But We have the truth yeah. and you've been saved yeah. and we sit here and stare like, yeah. oh, boy, he sure preaches a long time, doesn't he? Oh, you have no idea how long I can preach. Every time you do this, I just want to go on for another 15. Yeah. Christian, just by you saying, Jesus, please forgive me, put you in his favor. <laughs> Nothing you did about it other than that. Jesus, I believe you died for me. Please forgive me. Said, done. You're done. See, it's not what needs to be done. It's already done. Jesus said it is finished. Yes. It's finished. It's over. Salvation is complete. When you come to Christ and admit and agree with him that you are a sinner, like he said, and that he's the only Savior, like he said, and you receive him because he's the only way, like he said, yes. that quick, that quick. I knew no Bible at all. Quit listening to I need to study Bible. I need to find out if this is true. T- what if you never find out if this is true or not? Right, right. You're going to die and go to hell. sinner I know this concept may be hard for you to understand over 2,000 years ago Jesus was thinking about you that's amazing wait a minute before the foundation of the world the lamb slain before so all this was planned before you ever hit this planet God said I know what's going to have to happen I know what's coming I know why and I'm okay with that he gave his life Now, here we are, 6,000 years later, in the future. Mm -hmm. 2,000 years ago, Jesus died, so all your sins were future. Mom and dad hadn't even thought about you. Actually, mom and dad weren't here. So now, here we are in our lifetime. Jesus died over 2,000 years ago. Mm -hmm. The lamb was slain over sometime in eternity, over 6,000 years ago. And God said, come on, whosoever will. The door is open. There is no excuse for you not being saved, and there is no excuse for you not being glad that you're saved. Folks, if you just stop and think that you don't deserve it, how good is that? I don't deserve heaven, and I'm getting it. I'm getting heaven, and I don't deserve it. I'm getting it because of somebody else who died for me. How good is that? Yay, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Right? You feel like worshiping God now? Yeah. This is all it takes, right? I'm sorry. Did you get the fog machine? You forgot to put up the laser lights too. I don't believe this. Where's our stage show? His blood will cleanse you from every sin. Every sin. Every sin. His death paid for your debt. His life gives you life to those who accept Him. This has all been figured out. It's all been done. It's all been fulfilled. He's waiting on you. Don't look at him, when are you going to do something? He's already done everything. What else do you want him to do? Heaven gave its best. It's not God that's creating all, it's us. If Jesus had saved himself, every one of us... Jesus showed us not just, sit still. Jesus didn't come here to show us how to live. That was not what that was all about. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. Now you got to figure out what was lost. Mankind, because Adam and Eve. Now you got to figure out what we're going to do about it. Jesus said, I'm the door. I'm your life. The life's in the blood. Accept my blood and what I did for you, and you have life. Eternal. You understand? So the impossible question, save thyself and us. And Jesus answered the impossible question the only way he could. He didn't save himself, and he did save us. One or the other would never work. The only way it could be done is the way I explained to you. Are you saved? So I go to. I didn't ask you if you went to church. Are you saved? If you died right now, are you sure you'd go to hell? I've been baptized. I didn't ask you that. I didn't ask if you were a member. I didn't ask if you been baptized. I didn't ask if you're trying to quit something. I ask you if this sinner, look up here. We pay a lot for these plop, props. Now you watch me. This <laughs> sinner and this savior take away everything else in the world. Everything else in the world. Well, I have no. We took that away. Well, my family no we took that away. Well, I go to church no took that away. No churches, no family. No, just you, the sinner that God said, and the savior accepted him as your savior? Well, I'm trying to no. Remember, all that's gone away. Just you and him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. You are the sinner. Till this sinner asks that savior to forgive him. Well, I'll work real hard. Sorry, that's all. That doesn't mean anything. Sinner, savior. Jesus said, "I put my spirit in you. You're saved. Nothing less than that." It say if you were a good Baptist or a preacher or a woman or a man or a little child, God said if you do not have Christ as Savior, you're none of His. You saved? Are you saved? If you died right now, as bored as you are, you're not going to heaven because you're bored or you're real excited. Though being excited would be nice. If the blood is not applied, you're not You ever hear somebody say, I've done a lot of funerals and people will go, oh, grandma, lost relatives, I mean, they're drinking, whoring around, doing all kinds of, oh, grandma was a good Christian, I'll see you in heaven, nothing will break our love for each other. Oh, yes, it will too. You're not going to heaven because you've got family there. You're going to heaven because you're saved or you're not going. You're that little baby that you blame God that he took from you. You're never going to see again. go to heaven because you have a savior there that you have accepted or you can't go folks this is the reality you say that's awful me no that's glorious god simply took away every excuse and everything that could hold you back made a real straight nail and go look just stay right there and there's the door and it, it doesn't get more simple than that what are you tripping over you kinds of questions, and what ifs, and what abouts, and I've heard, and stop, stop, I read you enough, screen, could give you a whole lot more, Amen. enough to clear up everything you might be confused about, but even if you didn't know any Bible, it's so clear, even a person who knows no Bible at all, didn't even know what an altar was, never heard the word salvation or repentance, and I didn't know what that was, if you're under conviction, and you Christ is saved. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. You don't have to just say it just right. This never saved anybody and it means absolutely nothing. This means nothing. Counting beads. My mom used to have a whole basket full of beads. That was supposed to be funny. Whatever. You don't go to heaven because of beads or being a Baptist or being a Catholic. Knowing Bible or not knowing Quoting truth, or don't know the first truth. You go to heaven because of that Savior, and you agree with Him about you and about Him. End of the story. Are you saved? Let's bow His word of prayer. My Father.